Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. So, well, this week, Jack and I are going to talk about um, the church. The church. You know, what it, what it means to be the church. Um, you know, you hear that word used a lot. People say, go to church. Where do you go to church? You know, what church do you belong to? And what inspired this is I, I read a post um, and this is a, a, an author friend of mine who's um, written this. Lately, I've been seeing posts about people who can't seem to find a church that fits. Various definitions follow. Then either they choose to follow God alone or keep looking. I think we don't understand what church is. Church has never been about one person. It is about being a group of people. If you are a Christian, you are part of church because you are a member of the body of Christ. There is no finding the right fit, finding the right music, finding a sermon that goes deep. There are no verses about finding the right church. Rather, the verses are about being the church. If church is a place where you go, that you need the music to, to move you and expect the pastor to feed you every week, then it's no better than a movie theater or a country club. Instead, may I offer that you don't go to church, but prepare yourself to be the church every week. Go deep into God's word at home so you're ready to minister when you meet with the church. And frankly, if you're relying on the pastor to take you deep, you haven't learned how to feed yourself. That's kind of funny. (laughs) Um, What gifts has God given you? Be ready to use them when you meet with the body of Christ. A person who follows God alone is not utilizing the gifts he gave and is in essence chosen to decapitate Christ and live with just the head. It doesn't work that way. And she goes on, but I'm going to stop and say, Jack, what does it mean to be the church or what does church mean? Oh, well, certainly I think it's um, misunderstood and, um, you know, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. You know, uh, you could get into the discussion about the fact that some churches, some local churches, as opposed to uh, the big C church, we used to call it the universal church. Uh, first of all, I think we need to talk about the fact that uh, there are two separate concepts when you're talking about the fact that the Bible teaches that when we become a Christian, Christ adds us to the church. So we are automatically a part of the church, the people who are called out from the world, and we are called into a fellowship, a community, a a body, a family, all of these kinds of things. So the church is important. Uh, First of all, um, the church is basically what the entire New Testament was written to. Mm-hmm. All the letters of Paul were written to a local church. Uh, John's letter in Revelation was written to seven local churches in Asia Minor. Um, so being a part of the church, as far as being a part of Christ, is one thing. And we're brothers with all of those universally who are Christians, who have Christ as their Lord and Savior, have also been added to, to the church. But we also are a part of a local community where we have a fellowship, where we are accountable, uh, where we grow, where, as the writer said, uh, we can use our spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives us to edify, to build up the body of Christ. So there's so many concepts there. 
Um, which one do we start with? Which one do we talk about? Which one do we emphasize? Yeah, it, it, it's all over the place. I, the thing that sticks with me the most is, you know, when I was a little kid, um, church first uh, was the place you went. It was, it was the building, okay? That's what it felt like. And then I remember when I was a little kid, we'd do this little thing where you'd, you'd fold your fingers uh, in toward your palms. and Here's the church? Yeah, yeah, and you'd say, here's the church, here's the steeple, hold your index fingers up, and then you'd flip your hands over and say, open the doors, and here's see the, all, see the, all people. the people. <laughs> and, um, and so I had this, the concept that the church was this, this building that you went to, and... Um, you know, in the in the early church, I think the word actually meant more of a gathering, mm-hmm. or some people would say the called. Um, and so it wasn't like going to a place. You know, in Acts, you know, where it's talking about the Pentecost, and it says, and after uh, they went from house to house, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm sure that they still, you know, went, came to the temple. They still, you know, met like in synagogues and things. But well, but, Jesus, when he traveled around, yeah, uh, he would go to the synagogue because that's where people were. That's right. And and I think through the years, it's been kind of humorous to me that there are people who are get real negative about the local church or the gathering sure. together. And so what they'll do is they'll say, well, we have a church that meets in the home. So we're more biblically oriented because they met in homes. But if you continue to meet in your home and you're worshiping, you're fellowshipping, you're praying, you're breaking the word of God, uh, doing those things, then pretty soon other people hear about this wonderful fellowship that you've got going in your house. And pretty soon too many people start to come. Sure. And then what are you doing? You're looking for a place where you can meet because you have more people and now you're right, right. back to right. the same thing. You're back to a place where you come together to meet, call yourself the church and the concept kind of cyclical. You know what I mean? Because right. you can't right. stop people from coming to your to your meeting, to your gathering, and pretty soon it gets too big and then you have to pl- have a place to meet. So I'm not against the local church or the mm-hmm. building or going to a place to gather But we still have to have that concept that it's more of us being the church than necessarily the doing concept. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I feel like the the negative of it is you get tied into divisions, you know. Um, Local church is important. You need to have people that that uh, you, you know share similar ideas and things like that but um, but we also have to understand that we're all part of the broader church we are the body of Christ mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it, it goes so much deeper than just a place to go or, or a group to associate with um, it it has to follow you out of those doors and into your home uh, into your workplace um, into everything that you do uh, because that's what, to me, the church really mm-hmm. is. Um, it's not just doing stuff in the building. Um, I, my mom ingrained that in me right. because I remember when I was a kid and the preacher would be talking about all these different ways that you could serve in the church. Um, that used to frustrate her because I think coming from the mission field, um, 
you had to get outside of the building and do your ministry where the people were. Absolutely. We, you can't expect people in the world, people who are, are not necessarily Christians or, or have an a inclination toward Christ to come into your building. Right. So the building has to go and be a witness. But let's take, for instance, churches in Revelation, the, the churches in Asia Minor that uh, Christ wrote to through John uh, that had problems. And uh, go with this thought. Uh, the church at Ephesus was doing church, just like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Church that had their doctrine straight. They were doing all of the work in the church, edifying the people, but they had lost their first love. To me, that's likened unto a house uh, that's empty, that's, mm-hmm. that's um, lifeless. You know what I mean? Like, for instance... My wife and I bought a, a little house recently and we were going to totally redo it. And when you went into that house and it was kind of gutted and there wasn't a whole lot in there and, and it was a mess and the floor was concrete and, and all of those things. And it was like, like lifeless. It, mm. There wasn't a warm feeling in the house itself. But as Melinda's, um, feelings started kind of coming through in the color of the paint and and the different choices of furniture and things that you put on the wall and then she and I move into the home and and there's friends coming over and people helping and suddenly life began to come into that house a a, a lifeless church house to me is likened to a loveless church. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, a church sometimes can lose their love for Christ. And then what they're trying to do is take their um, kind of like who they are from the world. Mm-hmm. And to me, what people in the world want the most is to um, um, feel good. Make me feel good. Yeah. Uh, I want to feel good. About what? Well, about everything. I want to feel good. So consequently, when I come to church, make me feel good. Uh, Preach the the sermons I want. Sing the kind of songs I want to sing. Uh, Minister to me. Welcome me. Greet me. Do the right thing. And that's an impossible deal because if you go up to someone and greet them and say, hey, how are you? Well, now you pushed them, you know, because you were too friendly. But if you don't go up to them and say, hey, how you doing? My name is Jack then you're, you're not friendly enough. And so you can't win because people are looking to be made to feel good. And different things make people feel good. It's impossibility. So if you love Christ and everything flows around your love for Christ, and then when you come to the local gathering, the local body of believers, the family of God, the church, then you're coming there not to feel good, but to do uh, love, to be loving. And then that makes a difference in the local church. And then as you leave the doors, what are you doing? You're going to be loving, to share the love of Christ. And I think that that's a real key uh, to the church. Um, And then there's life in that. And you're not trying to be like the world, but you are actually becoming like Christ. And in that is fulfillment. In that is joy. In that is found all of the things that you're really looking for in the first place. 
It's not to be found in maybe being done to you. It's done when you receive the love of Christ and then become what he makes you. Right? That That's exactly it. I feel like we lose our focus because we get distracted mm-hmm. by all of the, the busyness and the doings and the trappings and the, oh, I like this song or I just can't relate to that song or, you know, whatever it is. You, you got to wade through all of those things and, and set your mind and your focus on Christ. It, it's like my friend said in, in her post, um, if you're expecting the pastor to, to, to feed you, um, maybe you're not diving deep into God's word itself. Maybe you're not feasting on Christ enough yourself. Maybe you haven't learned how to feed yourself. And I kind of picture when I said that was funny, uh, it's because in my mind, I'm picturing a little baby that's sitting there, you know, waiting, <laughs> waiting for you to put the spoon in its mouth and give them the food. You know, I remember when my kids were little, I, one of my kids, I just couldn't feed them fast enough. You know, it's like, here you go. But they learn to feed themselves. And I'm not saying you don't need to hear a sermon, but it's like we've got to come into that somewhat satisfied already, you know? Yeah. Well, what you have to understand is the truth. And the truth of the scripture is that the church, the church is the Lord's. Yeah. This is the Lord's church. And it was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you understand that the church is the Lord's bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, then what you understand is the fear of the Lord. In other words, sin put Christ on the cross. So God doesn't like sin. Right. He has to deal with sin and it's brutal. The cross is bloody. It's, it's graphic. And boy, that doesn't sit well with some people. Right. They want to see this loving God that is only love. And uh, doesn't have that side of, of justice and judgment. Well, he does because it's seen in the cross of Calvary. So what does the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. So as we learn that to fear the Lord, and as we learn that we are the body of Christ bought by the blood, then this changes that motivation. It's not the motivation to feel good. It's the motivation to please God, to glorify God. And when we have that, then I think we're, we're where we need to be. And um, it, that's not what I hear coming from a lot of not only people in the world, but people in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't like it if uh, you, you say something harsh or demanding or uh, takes discipleship or commitment or discipline. Uh, boy, that doesn't sit well. So you can't make the church into a mamby-pamby thing where everybody feels good and everything's being done for you and and uh, we just all uh, are just fine, whatever we believe. No, we have to understand the truth of the Word of God and that it does include um, the tremendous love that was expressed on the cross of Calvary. And then that should change us. That cha- changes us from the inside out. Yeah. You guys have heard me talk about uh, the experience that um, my wife and I had years ago when we had um, a stillbirth. And there was uh, some period of time after that, our church went through some real difficulty and um, actually fired uh, the pastor. 
and um, one of the elders called me nervous about whether I was going to still be part of the church. The church was really fractured at that point, and um, they were looking for somebody to lead worship <laughs> that next Sunday. And um, I was I was angry and didn't know what I wanted to do. I was I was pretty young. I was you know in my twenties still, and. Um, he said, are you going to still be coming to our church? Um, would you be willing to lead worship? And, um, you know, through kind of tight lips, I'm like, I said yes. <laughs> and um, and my dad really gave me a lot of wisdom uh, during that time. He said, don't be quick to judge your elders. God put them in authority there. And, and um, you've got to stay focused on what the church is about. And... That Sunday, I got up and I uh, was getting ready to lead worship, and it was a very quiet congregation, and, and our numbers were about half what they normally w- would have been, which at the time, you know, we'd been running around 650 um or so on a Sunday, and there were about 300 people there. And this is a sanctuary that held 1,500 people, so, I mean, it looked pretty sparse. Um, and I, I got up there, and as I'm leading, I'm saying, that, you know, our focus is on Jesus and what he's done for us. So I'm not here in this church because of the pastor. I'm not here because of the elders. I'm here because this is where I've come to meet Jesus, and I see him here. And I see him in you. And the thoughts that was going through my mind, you know, when I'm saying that word, is the things that had happened to my wife and I after we'd had the stillbirth. And we saw Jesus alive and well in that church because those people were Jesus to us. They they came to our apartment. They cleaned it. They, uh, they, they just did all kinds of things to support us and surround us and to let us know that they were not just loving us, but they were feeling the hurt with us. And so, you know, my encouragement, the the, the word I want to leave you with um, is stop trying to find the right church as much as you want to be the right church. This is about us being the church and do that wherever you are. And one of the things you said, John, that, you know, I don't even know sometimes if people understand the the depth of it or the strength of it. But one of the things that you can get in the church gathered together as the body of Christ is you come in corporate worship. Where else do you gather with all of these people whose sole focus is to worship God, to lift him up in praise? Uh, The Christmas uh, that that my wife passed away in November, we did a program in Christmas. And I can remember singing that old song. uh, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain for the good, for the joy of the Lord and singing that singing praises together. And I realized that in the midst of the struggle and the hurt and the pain and the misunderstanding and the churches that don't get it and the church people that don't get it, that we're all just on a journey 
And the journey is to eternity, to have to everlasting life, to heaven. And friends, that's what the church is. We are the family of God that has come together because we fear God, because he deals with sin. And through our faith in Jesus Christ, who took care of sin for us, we can then become a part of a community that sole purpose is to glorify God and to point other people to everlasting life. And that's our job. And that's what you were doing in the midst of your sorrow when you were leading people to focus on God, pointing people to him, to where we will one day forever join in the worship and the praise of our Heavenly Father. And I think that's what it's all about in the midst of the difficulties and the struggles and the mistakes that we in churches make. Right. I think that's enough right there. Um, I I appreciate you, Jack, so much. Um, I think those words sum up uh, what we're feeling about the church. So go out and be the church. Thanks again for joining us, folks. Um, Always reach out to us with uh, an email. Let us know uh, if there's anything you'd like to hear from us, um, any comments you want to make. You can hit us up on our Facebook or Instagram or uh, at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.